What up, Penguins fans? Happy Tuesday, October 4th, nine days now until puck drop, or in Penguins terms, Pascal Dupuis days until puck drop for the regular season. The Penguins almost have finished the preseason, um, a 3-2 win in their second-to-last preseason game on Monday night. For today's episode, we're going to recap that game. Yes, I understand it is a preseason game, but there are a lot of things that I did like um, about that win for the Penguins going into the regular season. I'm going to touch on some players who I thought had good performances, some other players who think have a little more to give. And we're also going to get to a roster cut that happened today and a couple of other topics um, in Penguins and um, especially the um, salary cap concerns because um, there is a scenario where you know there would be um, some issues with the cap related to the Penguins. I didn't see it at the start, but for a couple of people DM me and told me about it, I was like, well, you know, I did the research myself and sure enough um they are right so we're also going to touch on that a little later on for today's episode so that's all coming up right after this drop you're locked on penguins your daily podcast on the pittsburgh penguins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So Penguins get a very rare preseason win. You know, the you know, people always like to, some people at least like to harp on the preseason. Again, the results really don't matter, but you know, it's still nice kind of seeing them get away. I mean, the Penguins really not had a winning preseason record. And I think well over five or six years now. So um, it's gone totally fine for them. They've made the playoffs every year. These games really do not mean a thing. But last night was kind of a tune-up game for the Penguins. A lot of the regulars were in the lineup, and, you know, they jumped on the Red Wings pretty quick. I I think they were maybe a little bit miffed about how, you know, they got bounced around by that CEC minus team that the Red Wings threw at them about a week ago. Um, And they came out with a vengeance. You know, the first goal that was scored, Brian Russ, power play goal. Beautiful stretch pass from Sidney Crosby. I don't know if some of you all are watching it. Um, if you weren't, um, he's in um, his own zone, fires it cross ice to Russ, who's kind of cherry picking a little bit at the blue line. I will say that it was a little Danny Briere kind of ask from 2012. Sorry, had to bring it up, but um, definitely looked a little similar. Comes in, at least he's on actually onside and then fires the puck um, past Philly, who's a really nice goal. From Ross, and that was on the power play. So, um, funny enough, two of the Penguins' three goals last night were on the power play. Um, definitely look like they fixed some of the issues um, that we saw last week when they were just, you know, just trying to Harlem Globetrotter in and passing way too much. They kind of just stuck to basics for this game. Um, and I really thought the power play looked much better. Um, second goal, Josh Archibald, because of course, you know, on the day that redeems Zahorne gets waived, uh, he has to go and score a goal. But, you know, props to him. It was actually a nice, really nice shot. Filled Huso. Uh, I don't even think he saw it um, until the last second. Um, he is easily – I shouldn't say easily. Um, looking at the roster right now, um, and I'll get – well, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit as well. Um, but I'll just say this. He's going to be the 12th or 13th forward to start the year. There is no way he is not making the team. No. Obviously – I think there are a couple other players who should be on the team, but you know what? I've, I've, you know, said my piece on that. He's going to make the team, you know, everyone's going to have to support him, try to see how he does. They like his goal scoring from a couple of seasons ago. 
you know, maybe he'll prove me wrong in Ali Crow like I did on Cody Zizi. But nice goal from him last night. And then finally, Jason Zucker. Really nice deflection on that power play uh, to make it 3 nothing. Kapanen was the one that originally shot it. And then Zucker redirected it past the, um, the goaltender. Um, I tweeted it last night. I will say it again on this podcast. If he is healthy this year, there is no doubt in my mind that he scores 20 to 25 goals. He has the talent. He plays his butt off. He has a nice shot, great skating ability, great um, playmaking ability overall with his pass. Um, but in terms of his goal scoring, he's done it numerous times in his career. All he has to do is stay healthy. He's also going to be playing most of his minutes, I would think, with Evgeny Malkin. Maybe they'll bump him up to Sidney Crosby because they've had pretty um, solid um, time together as well when he first got acquired a few years ago. Um, I definitely do think, again, if he's able to play at least 65, 70 games this year, he is going to score 20 to 25 goals. I said that a couple weeks ago. I'm standing by it now. I know I said it last year. He didn't say healthy, but, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, you know, uh, and I'll also give a big shout out, uh, moving gears a little bit, when I know we're going all over the place with different player performances that I liked and all that. Casey DeSmith. A little bit of cheers there. Great performance by him. And for those that have not watched this preseason, he's looked really good. His movement looks top tier. He's seeing the puck well. He's playing aggressive, which he wasn't doing a lot of last season. He is looking like the DeSmith that we saw in the second half of last year when he on his when he was about 925, 930, you know, before he got hurt in the playoffs against the Rangers. And I tweeted this last night too. For those that are not on social media, I'll say it here for you all on our podcast. If he is able to play at the level that, you know, I saw last night when he was making, you know, outstanding saves, his movement looked good, seeing the puck well, um, that can really help Tristan Jari. Because, you know, Tristan last year, he had to play way too much in the first half. He looked gassed by the end of the regular season. You know, you can't have someone like him play 60 to 65 games a year. And, and honestly, you should, no goalie should have to do that now in today's NHL with how long the season is and how much of a grind it is. You know, most goalies should be playing 55 max, starting goaltenders, that is, in my opinion. But if DeSmith is able to keep this level up, I would say Jari could only play 50 games this season and then you can give the other 30 to 30, 32, something like that to DeSmith. And if both can stay consistent and give the Penguins at least average goaltending, they should be totally fine going into the playoffs um, and potentially winning a round or two, you know, or, or even going on a long Stanley Cup run. But he's been good all postseason. He's been good in camp. He looks 100% healthy. I know he played kind of the same way going into the last regular season. But right now, something just looks different about him. He kind of has that swagger that he had in the second half of the regular season last year. Um, I'm really liking his form right now. And there are a couple saves when it was 3-2 to two last night after, um, I think it was, Ray, I think it was Raymond that made it three to two. Ray, Raymond or Laura, I, I know both of them scored, but I'm, I probably just confused about it. But after the Red Wings' second goal, um, the, um, the, pink, the Red Wings pulled their goalie again, and DeSmith makes a pad save, juicy rebound coming out to the center of the ice. And for those that are on YouTube, you can watch what he does here. He basically slides over, puts his um, glove hand and his walker hand up, shots coming in. And just whacks it away with both of them. He falls over on his side. And then another shot comes in when he's down and out. And he's able to put it up again. 
and he saves that and he's able to cover the puck. Um, three tremendous saves during that sequence. I think Leipzig really came with like a minute and a half to two minutes left. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that's the level of play that I want to you know see from DeSmith um, this season. As well as obviously the routine saves, but um, was really thrilled with his performance last night. And again, this this could only make Tristan Jari happier. You know, if he's playing 50, 51, 52 games, that's totally fine. That's a lot better than 60, 65. Heck, honestly, if he's even playing less um, and he's healthy, that's fine too because that means DeSmith is also playing well and he's taking starts away from him. And that means that Jari will be able to be fresh for the playoffs when hopefully the Penguins clinch their playoff spot. So I really wanted to, to dedicate a lot of this segment to DeSmith because he was a sta- one of the standouts for me during the game. And I'm glad that he was able to get a full... Uh, games of work really excited for him coming into this year after how he's played in the preseason and in training camp now that wraps up this first segment of the show coming up in the second segment i'll get to a couple of other things that i noticed from the game including ryan paling sam poulan um, and a couple others but before i get to that let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You can run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with uh, protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And just as I am recording this, Aaron Judge finally hits his 60-second home run, makes history, um, you know, thinking about my granddad for that one, um, that's for sure. Um, anyways, going back to the game from Monday night, um, Ryan Paling, he looked really solid in that playing third, fourth line minutes. And also the underlying numbers, they back it up big time. Last night, let me if I can find the tweet that I had um, here just to be sure. I don't know why this is taking so long. There we go. Played 16 minutes of ice time, nine shot attempts for eight shot attempts against. Also had 67%. The Penguins had 67% of the expected goals at 5v5 when he was on the ice. That comes courtesy of natural Star Trek. Really nice performance room. I thought his skating um, looked really good. He was winning puck battles in the corner. Also had a couple of really nice scoring chances that could have went in the net, but there were some nice saves. Uh, by both Huso and the other Red Wings goaltender that played. I think he's just a backup AHL guy. Um, I liked what I saw. And, you know, I know right now it's basically between him and Archibald for that 12th forward spot um, because when Teddy Bluger comes back, I would assume Sam Poulin would come out of the lineup. He's, I, one of the reasons he's up here right now is because Bluger um, is still banged up. So it is between Paling and Archibald for that everyday spot. Um, I would have to give the edge to Paling. After what I after what I saw last night, even though Archibald did score, you know I, I liked what Paling did, and you know he's still a player I'm definitely intrigued about going into this year. I know I'm not that high on him just because he's really struggled in Montreal, but if the Penguins are able to unlock um, something in him 
that wasn't there in Montreal and have him play in a better system with Mike Sullivan, um, I think there's a potential for him to score maybe 10 to 15 goals this season. Where, you know, I know he's probably not going to be on the third line, but it looks like today that was Heinen with Carter and Kapanen. He's going to be stable on the fourth line if he's the everyday guy with Teddy Bluger and Brock McGinn, which is fine because Bluger, great defensively, can also chip in some goal scoring. McGinn, McGinn's the same way, though I want his defensive impacts to be a bit better next year. But Paling, you know, if he can be more of an offensive juice on that line, um, I think that has the potential to be I'm mean, at least a decent fourth line around the division and the conference and all that. So I liked how he played. Um, definitely like Sam Poulin, his game. You know, I, I know I didn't really notice him a lot last season. I don't really think anything, anyone did, excuse me. But, you know, to me at least, I think he's playing at a level right now that is leaps and bounds higher than last year. You know, I think the switch to center has really helped him Overall, he's more responsible defensively. His skating has also really improved. Um, you know, he, it's great to see him get playing time with the varsity squad. And the fact that, again, that he is still up on, on the roster right now and he's not down in Wilkesbury, that goes to show how much the coaching staff, you know, thinks well of him right now because, you know, they sent down Jonathan Gruden earlier today. The roster's down to 27. Taylor Fredugan's going to get sent down when he's um, healthy. That'll be down to 26. Um, so he's down to one of the final few cuts here. Um, he's lasted a lot longer than I think any of us expected him to. That's for sure. But you know, he's earned it. He's at a great camp. He looked good against the Red Wings on Monday night, even though he didn't score. Um, but you know, he's definitely in consideration right now for that 13th force. But I don't think he's going to get it, but I do think he is in consideration for it. A couple other miscellaneous, um, things, that I saw. Um, Evgeny Malkin, I thought he had a really strong game. I know he got badly outchanced um, at even strength and badly out attempted, but you know, his skating looked to be fully there, set up some really nice chances throughout the game. Um, he is skating, you know, leaps and bounds better um than where he was last year. Um, I thought Ty Smith looked fine um with Jan Ruta. I know a lot of people are kind of I uh, was the word I'm looking for for this. Um, they're nervous about that pairing, but you know what? I'll say this to those people. If you're nervous about this pairing, were you really nervous about that Matheson CC pairing? I know you all were. I was. That's for sure. You put a chaotic player like him with someone like CC, who was not, was not that good defensively coming into Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. A lot of people were nervous about that, but guess what? It turned into one of their most reliable pairings that season. And I think there's the potential for this pairing um, if it is the third pairing to start the season, which it's looking like it is going to be right now, I think it could be just like that one where Ruta, he's defensively responsible, just like the way he was in Tampa Bay playing on the top pairing with Victor Hedman. And then someone like Ty Smith, who can do it all offensively. Defensively, he has some issues, but you know, you're hoping those work out. I don't honestly didn't really see him screw too much or screw up too much, excuse me, in the defensive zone. On Monday night, I thought he had a strong game, and it looks like still right now that he does have the inside track, especially with POJ not playing anything. I, I would expect Joseph to probably play in that final preseason game, um, which is, I believe, on Friday against the Buffalo Sabres, um, just to, you know, to have them see, like, okay, you know, maybe he can give us one last gasp to see if he's going to make the team over Ty Smith. But, you know, I think right now it is still Smith's job to lose, even though there could still be some – cap issues, which I'm going to go into 
after this commercial break coming up. But as it stands right now, my top six defensemen have not changed. Duma Latang, Pedersen Petrie, Ty Smith, Jan Ruta. I think those six have been the best six in camp. They've played well for the, mo- for the most part in the preseason. I know some people haven't really been impressed with Petrie yet. I'm not really going to freak out too much until, you know, there's a strong sample size in the regular season where he just looks washed or something like that. So I'm not really um, too concerned over that. Just looking over here to make sure I got everything. Oh, one final thing before we get to our final segment. I'm really glad that the Penguins are experimenting with Kasperi Kapan on the penalty kill. And he looked good from what I saw on Monday night. Was playing really aggressive, pressuring the uh, most cider at the point. Also had a couple of nice scoring chances um, when the Penguins were down. He was really good at it when he was in Toronto during the offseason. I said the numbers were good. You know, it, it, it can help him get his game back to where it used to be. And so far, um, at least for that, they've. I guess they've maybe listened to me a little bit. I hope that he continues to be part of the PK rotation um, for the regular season because, you know, he hasn't really been part of it for the last couple of years. Don't know why. I guess they've liked the rotations, but – they're experimenting with new stuff now, and I really hope that this one sticks. Um, thought he played well in the PK, and honestly, I honestly thought Kaepernick had a pretty um, decent game in general. And then one more thing, nice to see Danton Heinen have a really strong game. He actually was the um, best Penguins in terms of average game score um, per hockey stat cards. Jan Ruta was right behind him. Chris Tang was right behind him, and then Ryan Paling and Brian Rust. So... Um, Heinen, I think he has the potential to be, you know, pretty good again this season. I don't know if he's going to hit 18 again, but I could definitely see him get a uh, potting 13 to 15 pretty easily. Um, so that wraps up the second segment here. Um, I basically fully recapped the game, uh, for you all, but coming up in the third segment, we're going to get to some of the lines that we saw during practice today. And then we'll also get into some salary cap issues that could be coming up for the Penguins as the regular season is now nine days away. So stick around for that coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So a couple of people have reached out to me um, just in my DMs on social media. Like, you know, I'm a little nervous about the cap situation. I'm just like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, if they send POJ down, well, if he clears waivers and he goes down to Wilkesbury, they're still over the cap. I'm like, that's interesting because I hadn't really noticed that before. Joe, I wanted to make sure, you know, a couple of these people were not capping. Of course, I wanted to double check what they're seeing. And sure enough, you go to cap friendly and yes, these people were right. Um, if the Penguins do waive POJ and he sent, gets sent down, they're still 730K over the cap. Obviously, that's not good. Um, I don't think they're going to... If they're, if their idea is to run 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goaltenders going into the season and sending POJ through waivers and sending him down, it is not going to work. Even if he is traded, it still does not work. So I'm sure you all are going to ask me, you know, what are the options? The easiest one, which I do not support, but it does still make a little bit of sense, is sending Ty Smith down because he has a higher cap pit than POJ and they're under the cap. And then POJ probably gets those minutes. You see what they have in him. If he's not good, you got to figure out a trade or something like that so that Ty Smith can come up and play those regular minutes. Because again, right now, I think he's always the anti-track for the job. But if he does, it gets tricky just because they have to figure out to get under the cap. And with not a lot of trades happening 
right now that gets tricky because you don't know how many teams want to take on money. No team has really been wanting to take on money throughout most of the offseason. I don't know if that's really going to change right now either. Um, I'm sure some of you will ask, you know, what about Chad Weedle? What about Mark Freeman? No, I don't want to trade Chad Weedle. I think he's a perfectly capable depth defenseman. I'm sure you could probably get something for him, but I think if Jan Ruta doesn't work out the way they intend, or if he gets hurt, you know, who's going to be replacing him on the, on the right side parent. I mean, I would be more comfortable with Ruedel in that situation than Friedman. Um, you could put Mark Friedman on waivers. I think that would work. I think that would get them under the cap from what I um, checked earlier, but are you also confident that he will pass through waivers. I think he would have a better shot of going through the waiver wire than someone like Rubido, just because I don't think Friedman is really well known throughout the league um, outside of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Of course, um, I, I don't think most, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think most um, fan bases um, know who he is and that stuff. And honestly, general managers, they have kind of those kind of fringe players to be, um, they always have those kind of fringe players. So I'm not really sure if they would, you know, take a flyer on him. But if you put Ruido on waivers, I mean, that's just, you know, you're ringing the dinner bell for someone to claim him. He, if Redeem Zohorna is getting claimed, uh, Chad Ruido will 1,000% get claimed, to say the least. So um, if the decision is to keep Ty Smith up, the Penguins will be in a bit of a bind. They'll be a little over the cap, um, sending POJ down or through waivers, excuse me. Um, even if he gets Even if he gets claimed, actually, I should say this, um, they're still over the cap. So they would have to make another corresponding move, whether that's a depth defenseman, whether that's a forward or something like that. Um, so Ron Hextall definitely is in a, you know, a bit of a, a, a crunch here. Um, what they might have to do is, I mean, do you run 13 forwards, seven defensemen, two, you know, two goaltenders? Do you, send, do you send Smith down? And do you want to keep 13 forwards, eight defensemen, two goalies with POJ um, up and Wurriedel? And Mark Friedman, tough questions and, you know, not enough answers right now, um, to say the least. But it's definitely something that I'm going to be paying attention to. And I'm sure Hextall, you know, they're going to have, you know, quite a few tough decisions um, over this next week. I know that they've offered POJ to basically every team, according to Frank Cerebelli. Not surprising. You know, they want to put the fields out there. I'm sure they may do that for some of their other depth defensemen as well. Um, <clears throat> again, I've been saying for the last few weeks now, if they are going to make a trade, um, it's probably going to be one of the depth guys, if not maybe two that go. But I also don't want to lose two depth defensemen um, for basically just, you know, small draft picks, um, I guess. Now, finishing up today's show, we're going to go into some of the lines that we saw during practice um, on <clears throat> Tuesday. So, Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, that's not going to change. That's probably going to be your first line to open. Season, Zucker, Malk, and Rust. Heinen was with Carter and Kapanen. So it looks like Jeff Carter fully cleared for contact. Um, you know, and if Kapanen is able to, you know, bounce back this year, I think Heinen's able to keep scoring and Carter um, is able to play a lot lesser minutes this year. Um, I think that has the potential of being a pretty decent third line. Um, <clears throat> and then on the fourth line, Brock McGinn is on <clears throat> the left wing with Ryan Paling, Sam Poulin, and Josh Archibald. So again, Bluger, He's going to take Poulin's place whenever he's healthy. And then the battle for the 12th forward spot is going to be between Archibald and Paling. Maybe they rotate them during the regular season. Who knows? Um, but it looks like that's going to be the main battle that you're going to see going into the regular season and <clears throat> excuse me, and honestly throughout the regular season too. 
Defensively, Juman, Latang, Pedersen, Petrie, Smith, Ruta. Um, no changes there for even with Ruedo and Joseph are rotating. Um, <clears throat> so nothing um, much else there. Again, I, I, I've been said I've said this ten thousand times today. I'll say it again. Right now, it looks like Ty Smith's the front runner, but you know they, they, they obviously know that they live in a salary cap world, and you know you can't keep everyone, um, to say the least. So. I like those lines for the most part. They look even better once Bluger comes back. And, you know, if I had a preference, I would have Paling in over Archibald. I would have Arch- Archibald as a totally fine 13-4. I do think Paling has a little bit more to offer, though, especially if he can get um, more of his offensive game back. That's for sure. Um, so that wraps up today's episode. Let me know what you, all, you, what, you, what you all think. If you watch the game, who do you think stood out for the Penguins or for you especially? You know, what are you most looking forward to? Over this last week, heading into the regular season, the Penguins only have one more preseason game left. So, you know, <clears throat> we're really just counting down um, just the, the small days at this point. This, this next week, this next week is just going to go by so quick. Um, so that'll do it for today's episode. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I got to go do this fantasy hockey draft. I got the number five pick. Um, I'm taking Kel McCarr if he's there, 100%. I don't know if he will be, but I'm, I'm totally going to take him. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.